0: Welcome to the Elevate Her podcast. I am your host, Liana Salazar. And I'm your co-host, Elida Ojeda.
1: Today's guest is Evelina Castillo, and she's going to be sharing with us her experience as a foster parent. What made you decide
2: to become a foster parent? And have you always wanted to be a foster parent? Um, I wouldn't say always. But when my husband and I were dating, we did discuss the possibility of adopting. Um, So we had that idea the whole time. But as the years went on and just meeting different people um, out there um, and them sharing their foster stories, a lot of them recommended that we do foster to adopt because just adoption, um, you don't really get to know the kiddo. So you don't know if they're gonna mesh with your family um, and foster with foster care, um, they do help you financially with um, the adoption process.
1: Interesting. Now, when you guys talked about adopting, was that that included having children of your own, or was that oh, yes. just a, okay?
2: Yes, because we have three of three bio children right now, and I think that's it. No more. But we have three bio children of our own. But it, it was a desire of my husband. He actually wanted to go a different route he actually wanted to adopt a child from his home country. Ah, oh, interesting. But it, it didn't happen that way, and, and that's fine. So we decided to, to do foster care here at home because we also see the need. Exactly.
1: Can you give us, can you uh, share a little bit more about, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly of being a foster
2: parent? Um, <clears throat> well, the good part would be you you do get to help these families reunite because that's the main goal, reunification. It's always the goal, which is, it's good. Um, but th- th- there are those bad parts uh, where you're gonna see some really bad things and you're going to experience really bad things, scary things, and you're going to also put your children through that situ- those situations mm-hmm. as well. Um, you're going to be angry. You're going to be sad. You're going to be just—it's emo- its an emotional roller coaster, like we were talking earlier. Um, the ugly would be same; those really horrible situations where you you'll take a child on, um, and then you'll see that they have just needs that you really can't, and it's okay to say no when you can't doing- fulfill. You can't because the example, I had a friend who did a therapeutic foster care. She had a young lady, a little girl, um, was removed from her mom because mom in- liked to entertain men and she was not discreet about it. So the little girl saw everything. So everything the little girl did would mimic exactly what her mom did. So when men would come around when she was at this lady's house, she behaved a specific way Mm. and it was she couldn't she couldn't do it. Right. And you can't be embarrassed to say or and no one's going to judge you either if you say, I can't I can't do this one because you're not doing the child a favor by keeping them because by and feeling that oh I got to do this because I need they were given to, to me them, yeah. because if you're not trained properly you're just going to do more damage you're going to do yeah. more damage so if you say okay well i think of it this way think of it this way you're doing the child a favor i can't do this with this this child needs therapeutic foster care they need someone who is trained
1: mm-hmm.
2: in this area or this other area and uh, i can't so let's get them the proper therapy that they need That's crazy.
1: How has it affected your children and your marriage by fostering?
2: My children, well, I would recommend this. If you're unsure about doing foster care, I highly recommend um, that you try the respite route. So you would go through the classes, get certified. Um, and you can do respite for because they all, they ask you to do it at least two years foster mm-hmm. care. And what is respite? Respite is um, babysitting ba- basically. So you would only be taking care of um, the kids in foster care. So foster parents get I think right now it's like three hundred hours of respite a year. So because we need breaks, and then the kids need breaks from us too. Mm-hmm. So um, you you're if you're licensed, you can do respite on the weekends. And that way your kids can also adjust because you are going to see your bio kids be jealous. And that's just natural, even when you have another child. Uh-huh. Naturally, there's a jealousy that happens. And when you start exposing your kids to other kids and your your kids see you embracing other kids, see you loving on other kids, it's a little easier not to say that there's not gonna be any jealousy, but it just makes it a little more palatable. How has it affected your marriage? Um, probably brought us a little closer, I think.
1: That's interesting.
2: Yeah. Yeah, brought us all a little closer because we're all united for the sake of the kids, mm. foster kids. And we'll disagree, just like with anything. We'll disagree, but it's it's really united us. But I will say this. For me personally, it has really affected my anxiety. Because I have no control over what's going on with these kiddos. So it has affected my... I've, I've had to seek counseling. I'm not going to lie to you. I've had to seek counseling to deal with it. Because I you get attached, you're yeah. your kids, and it, it will mess with you. It can mess with you.
1: Wow. Um, you had mentioned earlier we had we were talking off the air, and you had mentioned that you live three months at a time.
2: Yes, three months at a time. Uh, I say that because it's between hearings. Hearings can be three between three and six months, depending on the situation. But right now, it's every three months. Uh, our licensing agent has always told us, you know, you can make plans ahead of, ahead of time, like. If we wanted to go to New York for Christmas um, in December this year, we can do that. The court will honor that and the court court will let us take the kids. But it's it's not very fair either. You know, you're going back and forth. Kids are back and forth. And you're making plans, but then you don't want to make plans because you don't know. So that's how we're living right now. It's like three three months at a time between hearings. Okay, we can make plans up until June. Then what? Yeah, yeah.
1: What are your thoughts on the process to foster? Like, is it easy? Is it difficult? Do they do they offer really good support? You talked about
2: respite. The process is time consuming. Um, I think it's a good process because you get to learn different um, parenting techniques, how to deal with certain situations. Um, it did take us a year. Only because we did it during COVID. So everything was online and everything was taking, I think, a little longer. Wow. They do check everything. I mean everything. Taxes. They check your background, of course. They they want to make sure that you're stable and you're not going into foster care for, um, for a career. They don't want you to do that. They want you to do it as whatever subsidy you get is just. For the kids, it's not for you. It's for the kids.
1: And they interview. I th- I think you. They interview the entire family, correct? Not just the children, but
2: extended families? Some yes. of the members
1: of the extended family.
2: Yes, my parents, some of my siblings, and since I did our licensing, um, our licensing through a faith-based agency, they did ask letters from our pastor, from some of our ministers, and some of the congregation. So it's very, very in depth. There's a lot. But yeah, I don't I don't regret
1: it. That's awesome. And so, how long have you been um, doing this for? Are these your first? Is this your first time? First yes.
2: Child children. Yes, they've actually been with us for the from the since the beginning. Um, this we're going on three years. Oh wow. So yeah, average is a year max, but there's different situations would you do it again oh yes i don't regret anything i've really in my life i don't really regret anything i i always regret not trying it not Mm -hmm. trying it out i would rather try it out and say oh maybe this is not for me than to say oh maybe i want to try it but i don't know i'm scared um i don't regret it but if um
1: I guess my to be more specific, if the children go back to their parents, would you foster new children? Especially given the emotional roller coaster that you were talking about, I think
2: after if if these kiddos do go back, we would probably take a break because you know you you are attached. We take a break, probably do respite in between, and then maybe reanalyze whether we will continue. What advice would you give someone who may want to foster? Um, Try it. Try it. Um, If you are insecure or not sure, go the respite route. Um, Just try it out. The need is great. It always breaks my heart because we get emails every week from DCS with a list of all the kids that are in group homes. What is DCS? Department of Child Safety. Oh wow! Just letting you know how many. Hey, if you can take another kid on, this is a list of kiddos that we have. Oh, that's the so need sad. is great, and there's different routes. Don't feel like if you want to make a difference in a foster child's life, there's different ways. There's obviously foster care. There's respite care. Different licensing licensing agencies have different programs. You can also mentor these kids through the licensing agency. Um, yeah, so don't don't be discouraged. If you want to try and make a difference in a child's life in foster care, there are different routes to take.
0: How many children do you have right now?
2: Uh, right now we have two.
0: Do you have, are they both male, female?
2: One of each, Okay. a male and a
0: female. Do you see a difference in raising one versus the other? I would imagine so, right? Being yes. Female.
2: For whatever reason, the little girl is the toughest one. Is she? Yes.
0: Are they related or are they two separate family members? Yes, they're biological family.
2: Siblings. Okay. Sorry. How do they differ? My son is more of a... He... he he gets it right away. He he can he can see you, study you, and he like he's like uh, I don't know if I want to be with this person. He he's a quick study, right? Right away he'll he get what you what you're trying to do. The little one is more. Oh, you're a new person. Can I get you to give me some candy? Yeah. Can I get you? <laughs> to innocent, naive. Can I yeah. this? But yeah. but our son is more. I guess because he remembers all the trauma, he's a little more picky with certain people and he will again test you and see what what you're all about. I don't know how else to explain it but he'll he'll he can read you like a book. Yeah. And that's another thing with foster kids. Um a lot of these kids have been neglected, have been abused um both physically and sexually, so a lot of them come to you with uh, just delays. They're all going to probably be on some sort of IEP. IEP is an a individualized education program through the school. So my son has a cognitive delay. So he's behind his peers. When, he got, when we got him, he was five. He did not speak properly. He did not know how to enunciate the words. He tried to jumble it all together. So we've had to get speech therapy, occupational therapy for him, and he's also getting therapy at school. So you're going to experience a lot of these kiddos um, with delays, like developmental delays or different things, and even things that we take for granted. Like you would think that a five-year-old knew what a fork was. When my son came home, um, we had we figured he'd be hungry so we got him a burger we got everybody burgers some fries and like a salad and i gave him a fork and i put the the burger in front of him and he gave me this blank stare like what, what is this I'm like son this is a burger how do i eat it so you I had to teach him how to eat a burger after that i had to teach him how to use the fork he he was also raised by his siblings. And when you're raised by your siblings, your siblings being your siblings, being kids, they don't know what you need to learn. So they just do. They did everything for them. So he couldn't open a bag of chips. He couldn't go to the bathroom properly, clean himself properly. He couldn't use a fork or a knife. Their diet consisted of hot Cheetos and chicken nuggets, just finger foods. And he his he his fine motor skills were underdeveloped as well. So we had to work with him. We're still working with him. He has come such a long way. Such a long way. Now we can't get him to stop talking. And it's also we try to include our bio kids in everything as much as we possibly can. So there's no separation
0: yeah
2: um initially when I first started this I thought to myself okay I don't, I don't want to get too attached so I tried not getting attached uh, but I noticed one day that I was treating the kids differently and that's not what I wanted to do so I took a step back and I had to self-analyze I'm like well I can't give you part of me because yeah. it's not helping you. Yeah. So I and here I am. I, they have my all. Yeah. I give them as much of everything as I possibly can. When I say that, I mean attention right. and love mm-hmm. and cuddles and praise. And, and uh, another intentional thing that I started doing, this was just me. Um, <clears throat> I, I started calling my, my son, son. So when I would talk to him, I'd say, son, come here. Hey, little girl, come here. Daughter, come here. So those intentional words so that they could feel more comfortable in our home. And I don't
0: think they notice a
2: difference. I don't think they feel the difference.
0: I love that. That's so awesome. So you oh. said when you got your son, he was five. So he's eight now or going he's on eight? He's seven going so on eight. Okay. And then the little girl, when you got her, she was how old? She was two. two. She's spent she has spent half of her
2: life in foster care, ah, so she doesn't know before, yeah,
0: and it's which might be a good thing, right, in a sense, like knowing that she's with people who love her and doesn't really know any different than that, unless of course she goes back home, which eventually she may, right? She might, she might. So, question on that, too, if you have. I would assume that when you adopt, there is a chance of no reconciliation where you then have the opportunity to adopt. Is that correct or no?
2: Yes, if severance does happen, then the opportunity to adopt opens up. Um, This is another thing when I say emotional roller coasters. When we started this, their bio mom had disappeared for a year. So they were talking to us about severance. Okay, we're gonna seek severance. And that the, in, in asking that, they, they want to know, what are you intent, your intentions? Are you going to adopt or are they just, what are your intentions? So we, they knew right off the bat, the bat that we wanted to adopt. So severance, we're talking about severance. And then mom came back Mm. into the picture and it's a good thing. And I understand we want to give the parent as much support and opportunities as possible but for me there comes a point you're you're attached and they're attached to you and they already are stable with you they know what you're gonna do they know what their role as a child is they trust you yes their role is what my role as a parent is what i'm supposed to be doing because there's a lot of times where my four-year-old will question me on the most adult thing that has, she has, that has nothing to do with her. Yeah. Mom, are you going to make me dinner?
1: Oh.
2: Yes, I'm going to make you dinner. Go do your chores. Yeah. Don't worry about that. She worries about that stuff. Still. My son doesn't ask me anymore. Mom, are you going to make me dinner? Just those roles are clearly painted out. Those those
0: expectations. Expectations. Yeah. Those boundaries. Ba-
2: boundaries. Yeah. Those boundaries are... are obvious so they have that expectation and they have a hard time with bio mom because bio mom has made some changes but the the heart of the problem has not changed which is the parent does not know how to parent yeah so the kids are taking care of the kids and they're not again parent is not parenting
0: and I would hope, or one would hope, that they would make the parent go through some kind of parenting classes, right? Do they do that, that you know of? They did. So, um, my kiddos are
2: two of six kids. Oh. So, my kiddos have the same dad. So, the dad was going through all these lessons because he there were some accusations with the older girls, um, they did lessons. They taught him um, how to cook, how to just take care of the kids. But he dropped off, too. He's gone. For whatever reason, I don't know why they haven't had mom take these lessons. I That's another thing. You're the biggest advocate for the kids. Yeah. You need to voice all of their concerns at these hearings. And your biggest voice will be, I think they happen every six months, six months with foster care review board, that's when you're free to speak and say what you need to say. So yes, they do offer parenting classes and counseling for all the parents involved. But, but there's a big but. Our foster care system and our case managers are overworked and underpaid. They have too many cases on their hands. Yeah. Case in point, the email that I got that I get every week of all the kids that are in the system. So a lot of times, like I was saying earlier, you you are your kid's biggest advocate. So you'll have to be like, well, this is my concern, case manager. This is happening, my son's telling me this, my daughter's telling me this, and what can we do to help mom with these situations? Okay, well, we can offer this and we can offer that. We can offer counseling. But a lot of times, even those little things, like during court, the judge asked for family counseling and it hasn't happened yet. Mm. And there's, that's another thing you, too. If you feel like you wanna make a difference in the foster care system and you don't know how and foster care is not your thing, mental health counseling is big. It's a huge, huge need. And they're, they are also understaffed. Yeah. So if you wanna do mental health counseling, For the sake of foster kids, I highly recommend that too, because a lot of these kids are going through all these traumas and they don't know how to speak, they don't know how to say it. And like our case is, it's just, it's not getting, there's no progress because Mm -hmm. that family health counseling has
0: not happened. Yeah. So. That's so sad. Um, The last question I wanted to ask is if you, if they do seek severance, and you do have the opportunity to adopt the two that you currently have, would you do it? Oh, yes. And then my second part of that question is, if you did, would you continue bringing in new foster kids or would you be done at that point?
2: Well, <clears throat> I
0: I think never it would say be Never
2: say never. <laughs> yeah, that too, I, I, we might be done. Yeah. Because that was our initial goal right. when we got married a long time ago. Of course, it was to adopt. A child. Here yeah. we are with two. two. Yeah. <laughs> and when we first started foster care, too, something I didn't mention is they asked me, um, do you have a preference? Because we have two bio girls and I have one son. And I, was, I told them I would prefer a little boy. And she's like, oh, thank goodness, because everyone wants little girls. Wow. So, yeah. So we took my son in and we found out that his little sister was in a different home,
0: and it just made sense for them to be together. At what, how long did you have your son before the daughter came in? Seven months. Seven months, mm-hmm. and then you guys took on the daughter. Yeah. Wow. Well, you brought your daughter, one of your daughters here with us, and so you graciously gave us approval to ask her her experience, so we're going to uh, ask her some questions. All right, bio daughter. how are you today? Good. Good. Thanks for being brave enough to come on the show and talk with us. We just wanted to ask you a few questions, one of them being, how has your experience been with your adopted brother and sister? Or, sorry, foster brother and sister?
3: Well, sometimes I would get really jealous because um, our little one, our foster girl, she would get a lot of attention, like, hugs, kisses, Um, and like, she would get more than we would usually get. And we all, us three biological kids, we would all talk and be like, well, we, we should try helping them out too. Like, giving them opportunities to talk with us, play with us, and like, give them more that they would usually give them yeah and at first it was hard because we didn't know them yeah we we didn't know how to talk to them we didn't know how to cooperate with them we didn't know how to how to love on them either yeah so we tried something new like like hey foster brother why don't you come over here and play with us and usually he would say no i'm not on the moon so we would give him time and then go back and ask him again and then we would go off and play outside and just joke around with each other and it was really fun having a new brother and sister it really really changed our lives
0: I love that mm. so
3: much.
0: That's awesome. How would you be how would you feel if you guys were able to keep them forever?
3: I would feel so great. Yeah. The things that we've done with them, all our lives were so happy. Our little girl, our little foster girl, she would always always make us laugh. Oh, cute. It was it was incredible. And our foster brother, he would always, like, because we have two girls. We have two bio girls and one bio brother. And for our bio brother, it would always be hard for him because we bio girls would play with dolls, play tea party, dress up, and he would just be off doing his own thing yeah. alone. Yeah. And he's even talked to our parents saying, like, I'm really, I'm really struggling. I don't know what to do anymore. And when they heard about foster, they took that opportunity to adopt a brother or foster a brother. And for him, it's been great. They've been playing, they've been um, playing video games. Yeah. It's been really great for them.
0: I love
1: that. I do too. So they're like buddies now, huh?
3: They're like
0: best friends. That's awesome. (laughs) That's awesome. Is there anything that was harder than, like I know you said you had a little bit of jealousy in the initial beginning. Was there anything else that was hard that you maybe saw characteristic traits about them that was different than anything you've seen before?
3: I've, with our brother, he would really, like, he would, we... We usually like to play sword fights with, like, pillows and uh, lightsabers. And he would go on and, like, fully punch. And we would be like, excuse me, we don't know this attitude. Yeah. And we would go off and tell our parents. And they would say, just give him a break, let him control what he's doing. Yeah. And we'd do that, and then... Right now, he's calmed down. Usually, he's now afraid of, like, punching us or hurting us now. Oh, that's awesome.
0: I love that. That's awesome. Well, we appreciate you coming on and being transparent and telling us. Is there anything else you want to share before we end our podcast today?
3: Well, with our foster girl, she was really hard to control. She would be crying and yelling and being, like, Um, Are you going to make us dinner? Are you going to give us love? Are you going to let us roam and do what we want? She would usually, it's also been hard for them to sleep. Oh wow! Our brother would go on and um, at night he would say, "Um, where's my mom? Where's my mom? And our girl would cry all night long and we would try and help her say, it's okay, there's nothing that's going to hurt you. Yeah.
0: And almost like was, they just needed that reassurance, huh? Like they were safe from not maybe not having that stability before.
3: It was hard for them. Yeah. And for us too.
0: Yeah. And now do you feel like it's gotten
3: easier? It's gotten easier ever since we've got time to know each other. Yeah.
0: And just an fun. adjustment period, huh? Yep. Yeah. Good. Good. Well, you sound like you're an amazing sister to them and that they have the best home that they could probably ever have so i hope that if severance is what you guys are looking for that's going to be our hope too that you guys get it well thank you both so much for joining us and that ends our podcast today